We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Rotowire podcast sponsored by FanDuel. That's right. It's DFS time. It's me, Joe Pizapia, and my guest host tonight, the one, the only, Doug Thorburn. How's it going, Dougie? It's going well. It's starting to get real now. The numbers are starting to matter a little bit. We're starting to learn a little bit about these players, so I'm excited. First week is always tough. It's always like going in blind. It is. It, it, it's hard because you, you have these weird expectations of players from last year and what your projections and ideas are, and then you have to deal with the fact that it's April, and whatever happens in April, chances are we're going to forget by the time we turn the page from May to June anyway, like it was a distant yeah. memory, and yet we have so much that has already gone on and so much has already occurred and some guys we see some guys already taking trajectories like Severino looks great all of a sudden he's an ace and all of a sudden guys like Jose Quintana we can't figure out what's wrong with them but I'm sure the things will all straighten out in the end and right now I know uh when last we spoke we uh we did pretty well I think with some of the folks last week so I think we're here again to win some folks some money and get everybody ready to go let's start uh, with the slate for Thursday, obviously we got an early start. There is a twelve thirty-seven game because you know you got to be real specific with game times. So twelve thirty-seven. So <laughs> if you're going to play the all-day slate, make sure you understand that uh, that game between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays has got an early one beginning there. But before we even start with the top of the pitcher slate, there's a guy I want to talk about right off the bat. Who I just as soon as I might, as soon as you bring up this late, my eyes go right to him. He's been outstanding. He's a guy that I've been trumpeting all offseason in the fantasy black book, and so far he has yet to disappoint. And that is James Paxton. He's got a terrific matchup in Oakland, pitcher friendly ballpark against Cesar Valdez. Uh, so far this year, he's got 37 points, 55 points, 61 points. The guy's been just absolutely lights out, and for 9K. I mean, it's hard to find a better value in any cash game than James Paxton right now. Yeah, that's an amazing value for him. And, and I have to admit, going into the year, I was a bit behind where everyone else was. I was a little bit lower on the totem pole because 
I mean, obviously the stuff has always been there. He made some mechanical changes, but I felt that a lot of people were uh, were banking on his intense improvement, just you know, completely skyrocketing in value. And I don't like to assume that. I like to kind of see it first. Well, now he's gone ahead and been that good, and it justified all the preseason hype. Uh, so now I'm the one, you know, left holding nothing, no shares of James Paxton, but. DFS gives us the opportunity to do so. So <laughs> that's yeah, right. DFS allows us to right the wrongs in our life. When is that's probably the only time that statements ever going to be said live on air anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's the opposite. DFS might be the ills and the reason for them in our life, but not necessarily correcting them. But you're right. You're right. It, it does give you an opportunity that if you don't have shares of these guys in season long to still utilize them and benefit from them, uh, especially in the short term. And who knows? I mean, maybe over the long term of the season, you are right and I'm wrong about James Paxson. But I think we can all agree on Thursday, it just feels oh so right. Well, and he's what I refused to project was the improvements that it looks like he's already been making. So uh, that's why an entire offseason of research just goes completely in the can once the season starts. That's right. Uh, and for $100 less, I know Lance McCullers is out there as well. Uh, he's got a matchup against uh, Matt Shoemaker. Tell me your thoughts on McCullers. So far, obviously, the strikeout rate has always been solid for McCullers. That's not a problem uh, so far in the year. He's had three starts, seven strikeouts, ten strikeouts, six strikeouts. But really, it, it's always in terms of efficiency. When, when he is efficient, he's a very good pitcher. When he's not efficient... This is a guy that is not even going to get you that quality start, and that's a little troubling. So what are your thoughts on McCullers uh, in today's matchup? You know, it's funny because McCullers was exactly the opposite of Paxton. He's the guy I was super high on. Uh, I've always really liked his delivery. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I have fallen completely head over heels for strikeouts, so anybody who racks up the Ks. But I was especially impressed with how he made the adjustment this uh, over the offseason he shortened his arm, his arm path. And for a lot of guys, when they start messing with arm accident and arm path, it's uh, just a route to disaster. It's really hard for them to make those adjustments. But to see the improvements he made, he, he really shortened that arm path up. It used to be crazy long. I mean, he would, uh, beginning of the delivery, he would really reach down. To see him shorten up that arm path and actually find better consistency, and to me that was key, is he didn't really have much to give back when, it, when you look at his walk rate and everything else. He didn't have a whole lot to lose by making those adjustments. So I see a guy who's made the mechanical improvements on top of having great baseline mechanics. So he's a guy I've been rooting for for a while. Uh, yeah, there's always the risk that something's going to go wrong and he's going to have a short outing, but um, he's someone that I feel I feel good investing my, my real dollars, my big fantasy dollars in. And that's important because, you know, the fake dollars are fun sometimes. You know, we always, <laughs> always want to make sure we keep tabs on those fake dollars. I like to try to use fake dollars as often as I can. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out for me. I don't know why people seem to have a problem with my Monopoly money when I try to go to Wawa and get myself a sandwich. Uh, <laughs> when you go to the top of the board here, look, if you want to be chalk, you certainly can. It's going to cost you to do so uh, in cash games. It's going to be 11400 for Chris Sale. Steven Strasburg, 10,600. In between them is Noah Syndergaard for 11,200. So if you want to go up to the top of the board, you can. But I got to ask you, is there something to be said for going oppo, uh, maybe in tournament play, of the Noah Syndergaard pick and maybe going with Aaron Nola, who's been you know, pretty strong out of the gate as well? Uh, Philly's lineup at times can come alive. I know Syndergaard is really, you know, is a tough, tough road to hoe there. 
but so far so good in terms of, you know, two, you know, two pretty good outings from Aaron Nola. Is there opportunity there to kind of be opposite there, maybe target against that Cindergard ownership? I think so. I think it depends on how you want to structure your team. Now, I do tend to invest pretty heavily in pitching uh, just because there's so much – really, there's so much to be lost there. It's not It's not even so much I'm trying to gain as many points as possible. I'm just trying not to get hosed a pitcher. That said, when you've got a slate like today's, which is a lot of top-heavy stuff, but there are so many quality arms down the list, I'm going to go ahead and save myself a couple of grand and reinvest that into the lineup and go with someone like a Nolan, like a Paxton, like a McCullers. I mean, I love Chris Sale, Syndergaard, Strasburg. They're excellent, but uh, they better do it at that point. <laughs> oh, I agree. I absolutely agree, and I, and I think that's why, you know, for me, Paxton – with the ballpark factor, with you know the targeting against Valdez in Oakland against the A's, Paxton's just been so good so far. It's just it's hard not to want to save two thousand dollars there for your offense because I think Paxton can give you comparable production to those guys and mitigate a little bit of that risk. All right, let's go to the other end. Let's start trolling some of these guys because that's where real fun begins in terms of looking for our offense. How about Zach Davies and his eight point seven nine ERA on the year. He's yet to get out of the fifth inning. Uh, I'm looking at the Cardinals. Maybe the Cardinals haven't gotten off to the best start that you could ask for, but just maybe Zach Davies is the remedy to that, and that's exactly what they need. What are your thoughts on uh, the Cardinals in Milwaukee, a very pitcher uh, hitter-friendly environment against Zach Davies? Yeah, I love that ballpark, and I do not love me any Zach Davies. So uh, when it comes to stacking a lineup, I think you can do a lot worse than the Cardinals. And like you said, another off to a rough start. They have a lot of very interesting pieces at reasonable prices. So you can kind of stack against Davies while at the same time maybe have a peak player or two uh, because the Cardinals aren't really top-heavy. You have a lot of guys who are just solid contributors, so you can fill your lineup with those and then go big on, you know, especially the way the slates shake out now where you have a few of these guys who are in the 4600 to $5,000 range, some of these bats, but the vast majority of them are under 4,000. Yeah, it's very rare that you get that, where you get a team that's you know kind of a little bit underwhelming offensively, and all of a sudden they get a really good matchup, and they're all very cost-effective on the same night as you get a cinder guard or a sale or one of those top guys available. So cash games, it's, it's going to be pretty easy to assemble a lineup, uh, and I think maybe you know better safe than sorry with that, but I, I'm certainly of the mind in the GBP world, too, that you can go with some of these guys and still – work that out. How about a Rosmo Ramirez uh, getting his uh, second start of the year? I just find it hard to believe he's going to get out of the fifth inning, and to me that means you're going to get a lot of middle relief in this game for Tampa, and I think that's a very good thing for the Detroit Tigers, so I'm looking for them to feast there. What are your thoughts on a Rosmo Ramirez? you think the Tigers are in play today? Uh, the eraser. I, I remember when he was a <laughs> – he was a, a – a source of intrigue and one of those guys that I was, I was chasing a couple of years ago. Uh, but I mean, the, the one thing with Detroit is they tend to rip Southpaws. They're just okay against right-handers. So against them like Erasmo, it's, it's not quite as enticing as if they're facing a lefty. Um, I'm actually really encouraged. Not that I love the Kansas City offense, but the fact they're, that they're facing Andrew Kashner, I mean, he's just a, a hit machine waiting to happen and it's in Texas. Uh, so, there are enough guys with the Royals, once again, that are at reasonable prices that I feel you can stack up your lineup with some of those Midwest guys, the Kansas City guys, the St. Louis guys, and 
it's not going to kill your bottom line. All right, let's go over to the catcher position. And, you know, so far been a really disappointing April for Jonathan Lucroy hitting on just a buck 90, one home run and four RBIs on the year. But, you know, this is a professional hitter and he's going to get right eventually. Is Danny Duffy the guy to get right on, or is this another? I mean, it's only three thousand, which you know, in terms of Lucroy salary-wise, that's actually I think a pretty decent value. But is it enough to justify owning him this week? Well, I think that I mean, a catcher pretty much everyone's three thousand. It feels like I mean, yeah, I think that, they just now. went across the board. You know, they're just yeah. not working hard anymore. Uh, you know, there's like <laughs> who's the catcher? Three thousand? Okay, let's go with three thousand. Three thousand sounds good. But I, I do tend to like Lucroy against left-handers. Uh, he's one of those guys who tends to have a more pronounced split. Um, in fact, looking at it right now, just looking at his career numbers, he's got an OPS split of 80 points. His slugging is 72 points higher against lefties. So if you're looking for for him to break out of a slump, now's a good time to do it. Uh, Duffy has been looking a little bit more like he did two years ago than he did last year. He's another one I was kind of down on. So it, especially given the low expectations surrounding the catcher position, I like to play on Luke Roy. Now, speaking of low expectations, a guy who's exceeded them so far this year, uh, I had actually was the guy that I picked up for Gary Sanchez in my dynasty league is a stopgap, and that was Jet Bandy. Now, we talked already about the St. Louis Cardinals and how appealing they are, but you know, for $500 less than Luke Roy, if you want to save some more cash, I mean, Jet Bandy's been a guy that's just kind of been getting the job done, hitting for average, hitting for power. Um, you know, not driving in a whole lot of runs here, but that's partially where he's hitting the batting order. But can you make a case for Jet Bandy tonight on Thursday? Oh, absolutely. I, I love Jet Bandy. I think, and I think I said you brought him up again last week, and you and I are just going to become the Jet Bandy fan. Club I love because. it. I love it. I mean, it's such a cool name. I mean, really. I mean, if your name is Jet Bandy, like even if he sucks, it's still pretty good. Like you just you feel good about putting Jet Bandy out there, but look, the the guys look. It's a good ballpark. I know Carlos Martinez is not the you know the easiest out, but let's not forget he, he's you know coming off an outing where he threw a lot of pitches too. So I, I think that there might be a fair amount of offense in that game. Yeah, and Bandy actually went deep today. He went uh, deep off of Kyle Hendricks. So uh, he's the the hitting is yet to stop. <laughs> that's right. So actually, he's up. Uh, I should. That's right. He did go to yard tonight. So you get another one to that uh, total as well. All right. Let's move over to first base. I talked a little about Tampa and Erasmo Ramirez, and that's why from cash games. Uh, as much as I love Paul Goldschmidt uh, against San Diego for three hundred dollars less, Miguel Cabrera I think is equally appealing to me. Uh, how about you at first base? Who are the guys that kind of stand out for you? For me, the guy who really stands out, and this might feel a little contrarian, is Freddie Freeman. And I know he's he's facing Strasburg, so right away people are going to be avoiding him. But I mean, he's got he's only thirty five hundred tomorrow. He's his cost is about tenth among first basemen. But the bigger thing is his career versus Stras. Now Freeman has faced Strasburg forty three times in his career, the third most he's faced anybody, and that's a big sample for everybody. So like when we talk BVP, I'm all about big sample BVP. So lay it on him, Dougie. Yeah, one, especially anytime you have someone who's uh, a division rival, that's where that BVP starts to matter because they're facing each other a lot. Well, against Strass, Freeman has a 12.94 OPS. He has four career homers, 13 career RBI. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, Freddie Freeman's uh, hard hit rate's been very good this year as well. Quick question for you Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, end of 2017, who has the best stats? I think Freeman does. I, you know, I was a little slow to come around on Freeman, but so far, so good. Yeah, the ballpark seems to be playing well for him, not to mention, 
you know, the Matt Kemp's presence in the second half last year, obviously, you know, he needs to get back healthy right now. But what about values at first base? Anybody, you know, below that 3,500? 3, 35 is pretty good, but can you go down to Matt Carpenter? I know he just got back in the lineup. Is that uh, a doable situation there? I mean, 3,000 for a first baseman. If you do want to go up to the board of Sale, very top, Carpenter certainly does help that scenario. Yeah, well, I mean, Carpenter certainly has the reputation and the ability – now, I believe it was a hand injury that he's dealing with. I'm always a little careful when it comes to hand injuries or wrist injuries. Um, you know who's interesting to me is Trey Mancini. That yes. guy is just raking right now. <laughs> that would be the understatement of the century. And a, and a good player, too. I mean, a guy who played well last year at AAA, and I think that I would not be shocked by the all-star break. He's an everyday player. I know they're trying to put two of them right now and ease him in and make sure there's no pressure on him. But, I mean, what's standing in his way? Nothing. Exactly. And I <laughs> and think so that's the thing. And this, is, and this is where DFS will lead, bleed over. <laughs> this is where DFS will. Feldman, but, you yeah, know. <laughs> I am, absolutely. And this is where DFS play will bleed over into your season-long leagues. Because if you see what's going on with Mancini and how well he's playing and you realize there's no one in front of him, even if you're in just a 12-team mixer, guys like Mancini are probably on the waiver wire in your league and they're guys at least worth monitoring right now. And if you have a deep bench, worth grabbing all right let's go over to third base i know there's two guys you like here we talked already about this uh tampa bay game but let's talk about it from the uh the, the tampa bay side in terms of offense how about evan longoria what are your thoughts on him against daniel norris well again i'm i try to get too caught up with the platoon splits but there's certain guys who consistently seem to do it year in and year out and i'm look for very pronounced platoon splits longoria is one of those guys so anytime he's facing a lefty in this case is daniel norris then that's something that I, I definitely look forward to. I look, I look for any, basically any time certain bats are facing a left-hand pitcher. used to be that way with Buster Posey. He's, you know, it's part of the problem, I guess, with the platoon splits is that they only last for so long. But for right now, I really like what I'm seeing out of Longoria. And then uh, also Miguel Snow against Trevor Bauer. And yeah. part of that is, um, is my disdain for Trevor Bauer. But uh, as much more of that is just look at what Sano is doing. And, I mean, he, he's, he was probably my biggest breakout candidate last year. He'll be it again this year. Yeah, you and me both. I think we were all just a year early on him, and he was more focused this year, came into camp in better shape, I think kind of realized you know, what it takes to succeed on the major league level. So it was a rough learning curve. He's still striking out a fair amount, which is a little concerning, but at least the power is coming around. He's physically right. And I think him moving back to third base was a positive for him. I think trying to learn the outfield, trying to be an everyday major leaguer at the same time, I think that was a little bit too much for Snow to handle. Back at third base, clearly the bat has continued to turn around. But one question I have about Bauer, you talk about splits being pronounced. This is a guy whose home and road splits were very pronounced the last couple of years. So anything to that fact where because Bauer is actually on the road that you know that's where he has pitched better in his career, is that a spot where you say – uh, does that give you pause with Sano, or does it matter because Sano is just raking right now, and basically anybody you put in front of him, he's going to mash? It, it doesn't matter to me more so because Jacobs Field is not that extreme of a ballpark. When I, when I see extreme home road splits, I look for an extreme home. Uh, you know, there's certain ballparks and where certain pitching styles play better. Even a place like like Oakland with its huge foul territory, well, guys who induce a lot of pop ups are going to do especially well in Oakland, so that makes sense. Um, but there's nothing about Jacobs Field, at least that I've uncovered yet, 
where it would be especially harming to someone like Bauer. If, if anything, he, you know, in general, pitchers do better at home. So you'd expect him to be, do better there. So I, he's not someone that once he goes on the road, I start to, to trust him. No way. All right. Well, baseball is here, and don't get stranded on first base without your RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim it, and you must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. Let's go to the middle infield. Let's talk about my boy who's just been brilliant this year. I know he's expensive, but the position's not been great over at shortstop. It really hasn't. Turner's injury, uh, Segura just getting back in the lineup. Bogart's kind of, you know, kind of finding himself still. But Francisco Lindor, 4,200. I mean, it just seems like most of the time now, no matter what lineup I'm playing, no matter what tournament, you whether it be 50-50s, GPP, whatever the style of game, I just have a hard time not going to Francisco Lindor. I just find it to be a really good return on investment, even for $4,200. What are your thoughts on him on Thursday with the matchup? He's got Irvin Santana, who's pitched relatively well. But, I mean, so far, I mean, the guy's hitting 350 on the year. He's showing power. He's showing speed. I mean, what more can you ask for from Francisco Lindor? Is there anything Lindor can't do? Uh, I don't know if he's – can he do the taxes? Because I know tax day just passed. If he can do taxes too – I'll tell you what. I just moved. If you can come here and help me unload some boxes and unpack some stuff, that'd be great. If I, you I could send his be, ass over here, I'd be really – I'd be forever grateful if you could do that. <laughs> uh, Lindor is excellent. And Irvin Santana, he's someone who I don't want to buy into yet. Uh, I, want, I don't want to buy into that performance. And frankly, I don't think it matters right now with what Lindor is doing. But you're absolutely right. The shortstop position went from being a deep one to a really shallow one. Really quick. <laughs> yeah, really quick. Well, what happened? I mean, you know, you, you lose Carlos Correa, you lose Trey Turner. All of a sudden, you know, Bogarts isn't – he doesn't have any power yet this year. Uh, for this particular slate, there's no Corey Seager. So, all of a sudden, it's Lindor and a bunch of junk. So, I, I think he's someone that – I kind of wonder how much his defensive reputation being so strong compared to his bat, how much that's still digging into his ownership rates. You know, people are still kind of slow to come around to it. This is a young player who has shown just exceptional development all the way through. I love Lindor. I, now, I, you, you mentioned Bogarts there. Is there something with Estrada on the mound? Is this an opportunity to get going? Because I'll tell you, on Monday, the theme, uh, Monday night when we recorded for the Tuesday show, Todd Zoll and I were basically saying, here are the guys that are going to get going. Here they are. It's Russell Martin. It's Encarnacion. It's all these guys. And we were basically right on all of them pretty much on Tuesday. So if you <laughs> listen to the show Tuesday morning, you did very well for yourself. But uh, is Bogarts one of these guys now who's a little bit due and is Estrada the guy to kind of help jumpstart him a little bit? I think it's more a case of everything else is that sketch right now. Okay. And so with Bogarts, I think that there's not – a severe downside because he is still making good contact. Now, if they bat him six, like the, again, like they did today, then he loses a bit of that value. I, I would much rather see him near the top of the lineup. But he's a guy, especially with Estrada being a big fly ball pitcher and them playing in a pretty good hitter's park, you know, this is something that could help get Bogarts off the schneid when it comes to his power. 
Now, one guy I'm going to throw out there, but he's strictly a tournament play only, is Chris Owings. Uh, Owings has been a bit hit and miss this year, but against Clayton Richard, I like that opportunity there for him. Uh, Owings does a lot of different things. Uh, again, just a strict tournament play. I don't think he's a cash game option and probably a multiple lineup guy too, but that's one of those shortstops where I think, you know, yeah, you could get nine points out of him, but you'd also get a 30-point night out of him, and I think those are the kind of guys to keep an eye on. Let's go over to second base here. Uh, as we turn the page over and finish the middle infield, let's talk about Brian Dozier because that's another guy who's got that matchup against Trevor Bauer. We talked about Bauer already and his shortcomings, which are many, uh, but Dozier hitting usually lead off in that lineup. You got to like the volume in terms of at bats and you got to like the skill set too, the power and the speed that he brings. Yeah, he's stolen a bunch of bags this year. And I, I know he had the, the crazy couple of weeks. It was kind of Chase Headley esque, the home runs he had last year. Uh, but at the same time, he doesn't need to do those things. He, he he doesn't need to have the crazy power spike of last year. And and yet the fact that he's stealing bags tells us that he he can make up that difference even if he's just getting walked by Bauer, which good chance of that happening. And at $3,100, I mean, it's his price point is just beautiful. I mean, especially considering some of the guys that are going – I mean, Jose Peraza is 3400 tomorrow. And yeah. I, I mean – I prefer Dozier in his situation than I prefer Cano than I than even you know some like Kinsler, so it's yeah I, I just see a big opportunity for bang for your buck there. I'll also keep in mind in Cincinnati you've got Jonathan Scope there's got a lot of power it's a very uh, friendly ballpark environment there and and Scope you know starting to turn things around a little bit in the last week or so so that's another good one for hundred dollars more if you're worried about the Dozier. Uh, exposure and you think the ownership might be a little high on him even for a hundred dollars more Ian Kinsler uh, if you just want to vary you know similar lineup and stay within that price range Kinsler against Arosmo Ramirez I, I just like Detroit I just think there's going to be a lot of soft underbelly and that bullpen is going to be exposed over in Tampa let's head over to the outfield uh, and talk about uh, some San Diego Padres believe it or not uh, one, I love it because two of the guys you target are two of the guys that I own shares of all over the place one of them is with the San Diego Padres. Let's talk about Hunter Renfro against Patrick Corbin. Corbin having a hard time really striking guys out. So at this point, you're, what are you expecting from Renfro? What are, you, what are you looking for him in terms on return today? Well, I'm just looking to at some of the Padre right-handed bats against Corbin. Who I, I like Corbin. I like him just fine. Uh, I don't necessarily like him for Thursday slate. <laughs> I think that he could. Well, that's what it's all about. That's why they call it daily fantasy, baby. Exactly, exactly. And and I mean, Margot's been excellent. Renfro a little bit slower to get going, but he has that power. I, I think that he could just all it takes is one, right? He, he could definitely run into one against someone like Corbin. Um, so going for the right-handed bats with San Diego. Um, that's especially because I didn't see a lot of great values in the outfield. So I I really like what both. Renfro and Margot offer. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Margot too, because that's another one where, you know, the problem is some nights the zeros, you know, I'm not a big fan of the zeros. You know, those kind of guys kind of concern me a little bit. I, I prefer the guys that, you know, will get you, you know, six, nine, whatever it is on their off nights. When the guys have off nights and get you zero, that's a little troubling, but he's still a young player. I think that comes with it. So in tournament play, I do think Margot and Renfro are very viable. Let's talk about another one, a guy that I've been all over and I took a lot of slack for this year where I had him ranked in terms of relative position value, and that was Mitch Hanniger, who it's funny. I think a lot of people went who at the beginning of the year, and, and they started to learn more about him. But this was a guy who did everything right in the 
lower levels all the way through the minor leagues. Basically, it was a matter of he got squeezed uh, in Arizona, and now he's got playing time. And so far, Mitch Haniger has just they've been absolutely fantastic. He, he's just you know raking right now. Uh, he's got uh, 15 plus RBIs on the year, hitting 320. And I'm looking at him as there's a guy too when he's having off nights. He's hitting still nine, six, fifteen points. There's there's not one zero here on the board for him this season already in April. And I'm looking at Hanniger, and he's also got a couple twenty plus points and some thirty plus point nights. And he's just twenty eight hundred, which I find staggering that he's only twenty eight hundred. And I think the ownership on him is going to be high, but I don't think it's wrong. Uh, sometimes the chalk is the right answer, and if Hanniger is that chalk, uh, then sign me up. I'm going to get messy tonight, baby. Well, especially when it opens up the opportunity to have more flexibility elsewhere in the roster. And so, yeah, 2,800, I, I agree. I think Hanniger's a great selection. I thought that was a huge pickup for them uh, in the trade with the Diamondbacks. Uh, I'm, I'm all about Hanniger. I think that, that's a great move right there. And especially against Valdez, we don't really know what he's going to bring to the table, but it's probably not going to be much. So I think that's a great play. Let's bring up Michael Brantley, too, who's – Obviously looks healthy for the first time in a very long time. Uh, the lefty bat against Irvin Santana, as good as Santana's been so far to start the year, he's still Irvin Santana, so you can never trust him completely. And this is another guy whose hard hit rate has been very strong so far for Brantley. Uh, another guy who brings a unique skill set where he can score points for you in different ways, not just with the bat, but with his legs as well. And, you know, in terms of upper-tier outfielders, so far, I mean... You know, out, I know George Springer's been brilliant, and I know Cespedes has eaten up the Phillies so far this year, but uh, if you're not going to go Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, you don't want to go to the very top of the board, in terms of cash game outfielders, I mean, Michael Brantley is, is hard to ignore right now. I, I will say I'll, I'll give a positive and a negative take on Brantley. Good. Uh, I like debate. That's what this is all about. <laughs> and let you, the listener, decide which way you want to go. Fair enough. Uh, the positive take, I mean, anytime you have a guy with a shoulder injury, you worry about the power. How long will it co- take to come back? Will mm-hmm. it come back? Brantley's shoulder injuries were epic. And so the fact that he's come back, he's already hit a couple of bombs. He's hit a handful of doubles. And he's got, uh, what, what is it, five extra base hits in his last six or seven games. I mean, yeah. that's definitely encouraging. But my negative take is that he's still 4000 bucks. Yeah, and it's odd. I, I feel like that's... That's almost assuming he's completely back to his peak form of a couple of years ago, and that I'm not willing to pay for. Again, that, that will come back and bite me. We were just talking about this with Paxton, but I have a hard time assuming that the guy's going to do something that he hasn't done enough of. If it's a guy with a track record, I'm all about it. But without it, uh, I tend to be maybe patient to a fault with some of these guys. So I personally probably wouldn't jump on Brantley at 4000 uh, but he is definitely someone I've got my eye on, whereas before the season I would almost written him off because I was really worried about that shoulder, and I have written off Jason Kidness even when he does come back. All right, now all he does is hit home runs, Adam Duvall, and I don't understand why anyone has a problem with that. I love it. <laughs> uh, but Wade Miley, left-handed spot there, so $3,700 Adam Duvall. you got $3,800 A.J. Pollock, righty versus lefty Clayton Richard, or Michael Brantley at four. Between those three guys, generally same price range, where are you going, and for which contest are you going? Duvall, Pollock, uh, and Michael Brantley. I like Duvall. I'm, I'm all about the hit or miss. And he's had a couple of just monster games so far. Plus, he's got the platoon advantage. So, 
because I want to see the big win and, and I like playing, I mean, I play cash games too, but I love the tournament play. And I think he's the ultimate guy for a big tournament play. So uh, I tend to favor some of those all or nothing guys. It's so Duvall is perfect. All right. He's Doug Thorburn. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug underscore Thorburn. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Pisa PS 17. That'll do it for us on the DFS Rotowire podcast. Have a great day of daily fantasy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.